0: Welcome, everybody, to another issue podcast. Um, Now, this is a commentary on the October 2017 issue. Um, Hopefully, you've listened to a few of these podcasts um, by now. The aim of the game is, um, if you haven't bought this issue, is to stop listening to this podcast and go out to your uh, news agent or supermarket and buy the issue because what we're going to do is we're going to try and guide you through the October issue give you uh, some behind the scenes um, revelations maybe, um, and basically talk you through it. Kind of a DVD commentary if you you know what we mean. Um, So, now this is an important issue for us. Um, On the cover you'll see issue 1106. Now, it's the first time we've put this on the cover. Um, and there's a very good reason for that, because this is a uh, refreshed issue. It's a redesigned issue, has some new features, um, has more pages, has some new regulars, um, new writers. Um, it's, I would say, it's a, an evolution. Um, I'm looking at the gang around me. We've got Damon Cogman, who's our art editor. Hello. We have Lyndon McNeil who's our photographer. Hi there. Simon Aaron, features editor. Good afternoon. And Joe Dunn, deputy editor. Hello. And I'll introduce myself. I'm Nick Trott, the editor of Motorsport. So I'm looking at the team now. Um, I kind of think it's an evolution, but these guys have been here much longer than, <laughs> than I have, so they may see it as a um, uh, they may see it in another way. What, what do you think, guys? Does it feel like an evolution, or does it feel like we've taken a bold step,
1: um, Damon? Uh, it's uh, it's it's always going to be a uh, a different perspective from different people. Some people that have been around far longer than than we have have been buying this magazine for many, 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 many years. Um, And thank you to all of you. But um, some of them are going to feel as though it's a a sharp uh, left turn. Others are going to feel like it's a, a sort of a easy left, I think. So I think it's not necessarily a huge shift i think it's updated it's uh, it's got some new fonts it's got some new looks uh, it's got some new content but it's still at the heart of it it's still motorsport it's still everything that we love about motorsport in there
2: i agree with um much of what my stem colleague mr cogman just said the core of the magazine is essentially unchanged it's the same range of features covering contemporary formula one historic topics the authoritative columns which have become our trademark um It looks a little bit different, I know that some people, I know for a fact that some people aren't so keen on the new look, but the vast majority of the responses I've heard have been very very positive, which is encouraging. Personally, um, I've been reading this since the 1970s and I worked for it in the early 90s and returned here a few years ago. It's been through all sorts of different phases and you often hear people say, oh it's way better in the old days and so on and so forth. But if you actually look at an issue from the 1960s or the 1970s when there were very few photographs, um, the type, the features sometimes got to page 843 and then continued in a smaller type size on page 723. You know, I I think it's a much, much more polished product. I know I would say that. But I think it is a much more polished product now than it was then. And it's been a more polished product for many years. But, um, yeah, I think evolution is the word. It is strikingly different in appearance in parts. But if you take it for what it is, a magazine, and read it, it's the same thing.
3: Yeah, I, I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, I think it's um, uh, I think the word you used was refresh, and I think that's that's absolutely right. It, it's it looks and feels a lot fresher, uh, and that could be because obviously we've we've been working on it for uh, for years. But I like I like the new look of it myself, um, and I think that um, I think that one of the key changes for me, which I think works really well, is 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 the, the running order and the fact that readers are sort of welcomed into the magazine uh, at a slightly different pace, and uh, and then continue to, to, to read through the the features and then, uh, and then into the uh, back section, which I think we'll we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but generally, I think it uh, I, th- I think it looks a lot fresher, uh, a lot more modern, uh, and uh, and it's, it's been a been real, hopefully, a, a pleasure to read.
0: Excellent. That's going to be a good appraisal, Joe, in the ne- <laughs> next time round. Um, I mean, we are. Yeah, Joe. D- d- Joe's, Joe's right. It, 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 it's the, the refreshes was very much in 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 the word refresh very much in in our minds as as we went through this process. Um, please get in, in touch um, editorial at motorsportmagazine.com. dot com. Um, just just let us know. You know we're we're happy. We've we've received a number of comments so far, and, and Simon's right. The majority have been very favourable. Um, we want to hear. We want to hear the good and the bad. You know we we feel like it does feel a personal relationship with with the reader and we'd, we'd like to know what, what you think so um, so get in touch um, for those that haven't uh, got the issue in front of them i'll give you a quick overview of, of what we've done um, so as, as joe mentioned we've we've changed the the flat planning and the order of the issue a little bit so that um, hopefully it's got a, a, a more relevant pace um, some of the advertising that you see um, and the classifiers that you see at the back of the magazine has got a new editorial that's uh, very much related to that environment. Um, we've added a, another section at the back, and we'll go and talk about this a little bit later on, uh, called Garagista, which is kind of the realities of running racing cars um, by the people who own them. Um, th- the key, and I really, I really want to make this point, is we, we've tried very hard not to um, thin out the magazine. Motorsport. It's known for its depth, it's known for its authority, um, and we still have, and we will have, eight to nine features in every issue, and there'll be weighty stories, and. Um Damon and I, um, you know, had many um, late nights trying to work out how we're going to maintain the same level of depth and words without them falling off the page and being cut. And and I, I kept saying to Damon, "No, no, no we're not going to lose that. We're going to keep keep that." So so we haven't sacrificed anything. All of the columnists are now together. have got the same number of words. Um, that most of it is is still there, and we've added these two key new sections at the back, but. I suppose economy and efficiency is something we looked at, wasn't it, Damon, in terms of the, the, the layout and the design?
1: Yeah, there was um, a lot of tricks of the trade in, in uh, used to make sure that all of the words that were there before are all still there. So the word counts are uh, the same and, and in some uh, some ways they've actually gone up in some, some of the areas. Um, we've shifted fonts uh to make them a little bit more open um to make them a little bit more legible uh we've uh sort of reduced the size of the columns to to allow uh, bigger type area so we've done lots of little uh behind the scenes stuff that you won't notice uh hopefully uh the the and to a lot of people that have mentioned about type sizes, and I know this is a, a hot potato, but actually the type size is actually bigger now, uh, surprisingly. Uh, this is the main body copy. This yes, is the, the, yes. the main
0: feature, or all, all, all the yes. regular body copies. is yeah.
1: actually all bigger, yes. Um, surprise, surprise. So we've, uh, we've, we have we we've listened and we made it bigger. So it's not smaller, definitely not smaller. We definitely made it bigger.
0: <laughs> so what we're gonna, this is a slightly awkward email, isn't it? That we're gonna have to. Yes. We've had a few, we have actually had a few, haven't we? You know, it doesn't,
1: a few people have said, I think you've made it smaller yeah so we're- um, it, whenever you change something it is uh, the instant the instant thing is it's changed and I don't like it, it was, as human beings and as, uh, we, we, we do kind of shift to that but the, the reality is the the type size and the type shape um, which is actually the much more important thing because you can actually have a very large type but if it's a very compressed, type then it then it becomes uh sort of trickier to read so this is actually a very open and very round um font that allows us to kind of uh sort of make it make it make it a little bit more legible make it make it easier to read which is kind of what 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 it's all about really yeah i think yeah, it's funny as God cool. we went around the houses, didn't
0: yeah. we, on, on, on <laughs> fonts on you know yes. trying to pick the right ones and working on various sizes. But um and also you look at the relationship, don't you, between between fonts and the and the sans yeah. and the San and the block types and yeah. how many versions you've got in a oh, font. Days, yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> But it was actually it wasn't enjoyable. I, yeah. well I personally
1: I enjoyed it. I don't you might <laughs> yeah. think I <like>, you never <laughs> want to do this ever again. But. well uh, the, the the joys the joys of font selection are are the building blocks to any magazine. It gives it its personality, it gives it the um, its feel, its look. So it's while can can be a little bit nerdy, it is phenomenally important. It is the is the kind of the, the kind of the the calling card of the magazine. And um, over the years uh, the font choices in motorsport, Um, haven't always been for those reasons they've been to get as much copy on the page as possible in the the past which we all we are still aware of but the like I say the personality of the font makes sure that you are engaged and you can be uh, uh, sort of you can read it with with pleasure as opposed to sort of squinting (laughs) good stuff okay
0: right well let's let's um well actually I was gonna say let's dive in but no let's tackle the cover Um. There's, there's nothing more precious, is there, really, than the cover, the green? Um, oh, I'm too close to it. I, I can't, I've got cover. Joe, I'm just going to hand the mic
3: to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we start off and, and by saying that, I mean, the key thing I think most people will notice uh, about the cover when they look at it is that the uh, motorsport masthead. Uh, the word motorsport is uh, a lot smaller uh, than it was before. Uh, we've also uh, got our uh, the date that we were established up there, established 1924, and um, uh, and the kicker, the original uh, motor racing magazine, which uh, um, uh, works really well in that in that top bit. But I think the key thing is going to be the size. So maybe Damon could talk about and, and, and indeed Nick. Um, well, because I, I mean, just, just just to give some Design background, tennis. listeners listeners may not know that Nick and Damon uh, came up with this reading really designed by locking themselves away uh, in a, uh, uh, a warehouse somewhere <laughs> up in Cambridgeshire I think. Re- re- uh, a remote bunker from uh. <laughs> where they were insulated from the rest of the office and they would sit there most Fridays together and, uh, and come up with uh, and presumably discard lots of plans and ideas and, and it took a long time for them to come up with, with what they've come up with here. Um, so they are obviously the best uh, qualified people to talk about it. But Damon, well, <laughs> talk about the, maybe the, yeah. s- the size of the motorsport because I know that the, the actual masthead is obviously one of the key
1: things. Yeah, the, I mean, we were conscious of uh, we went through many iterations of uh, of, the, of the cover and or, and indeed the logo. Um, we went we went down some fairly revolutionary paths and some fairly fairly terrifying paths, but uh, no red, no red. Definitely, there was never a red anywhere near any of this. Um, and uh, ultimately, we came back around to the to the green masthead being um, again the heartbeat of what we what we have here. Um, the green itself is actually the same size, if not a little bit deeper than it used to be as well. So the actual green area is, is, a, is a fraction deeper. There's more green. There is more green. You are getting more green for your 499. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little bit at the bottom, the bottom as well. <laughs> there's, a, there's 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 more, more green than it's ever been in the past. Um, yeah. So we we with that in mind, we actually reduced the size of the, size of the logo to actually, uh, and rather curiously, to actually make it more striking. Um, for those of you who've got more than more than one one edition sort of sitting on your coffee table or your shelf um, if you put them next to each other you'll notice that the the older uh, logo while being sort of substantially larger is actually um, lost within the green Uh, block because what you're doing is you're competing everything is competing with each other and by reducing the size of the logo within that green it just allows it to breathe a little bit more allows it to sort of be just a little bit more legible it's a little bit more friendly a little bit more um distinctive i feel
0: yeah and and we we looked at the sort of the depth of a cover. All, all all magazine covers have got a kind of a three D effect, haven't they? You, you know, you, you look at a cover and they're kind of layered, and and with the really large motorsport. Um, logo. It was very hard for the subject matter, the key image, to actually leap out of the page, wasn't it, Daniel? Yeah, you know, we, yeah. Kept, we kept looking at this, thinking, well, actually, the the priority is kind of a little bit skewed. We, we're selling, yes, we're selling the brand, but we're selling that subject matter
1: this month, and yet that that's tucked behind almost the yeah. um, you, the, the logo. Yeah, you, you the, with the way that the logo is now in sort of a little bit smaller, it stops competing with the fact that you've got this lovely, beautiful orange. McLaren in front of you as well, so, you, so your eye goes to that, your eye isn't kind of bouncing around between logo, between large type, between sort of orange cars, what it's doing is it's got a hierarchy now, so you see the, you see the orange, you see the car, you see being Bruce McLaren, you see the logo, you see them as separate entities and it just allows you to, your eyes to sort of, do, uh, basically to work it all out um, in a much more organised manner. You mentioned the logo, Um,
3: can I ask how uh, aware of you, uh, uh, how aware of the history of the motorsport logo were you when you came to redesign (laughs) this? Um, Obviously it's one of the most famous in in publishing, um, certainly in motor racing publishing. Um, How much could you mess around with it, how much did you want to mess around with it and where did you draw the line?
1: There was um, <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of creativity to try and change it, but actually, what we found was um, motorsport has a, uh, a character and a distinction all of its own that has that is not like nothing else on the newsstands. And to, to do do away with any of that would be madness. So we we are hugely lucky uh, that we have this 100 hundred odd years of uh, history to kind of fall back on. Um, but equally, it still it still is a tricky thing to de- to deal with when you have a big green block at the top. So creatively, it, was- it is a tricky thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we ring-fenced it pretty early. We had a
0: look, you know, and we thought, you know, we, in the very early days, we, you know, we thought, well, what if it was justified to the left? What if it was, God, even, what if it was vertical? What, you know, you have to go through all these sort of processes. What if we, we we've got the lovely M um, logo that, that Damon designed that um, that's used elsewhere in the magazine and is used on the, on the digital channels as well. Um, we looked at that, you know, the, there was a number of things, but ultimately it's a fantastic Logo, I mean, it works really well. Yeah. Um, the where I say people listening to this will probably be the only people outside of the building who I'll say this. We did actually look at moving away from the green in its current we did um, yeah. format. You know, we looked at repositioning some of the green. We looked at a much brighter and whiter cover. You know, we 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 really. Pushed it because sometimes you have to, don't you? I, I like to think the um, the Gilles Villeneuve approach. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, you've got to exceed the limits, haven't you, yeah. really, to yeah. to find them? We, we, we did we, find ourselves we, spinning <laughs> off a few times. I was yeah, we <laughs> dragged ourselves back to the pits, <laughs> didn't we, on three wheels on a couple yeah. of
0: occasions? <laughs> <laughs> <of laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but there was a, there, in terms of yeah the history. The other things like the key lines left and right. You know, we, we they're very much a nod to um, the very unique motorsport covers of. Yeah, I don't know how many years the there was 50s, the well, it was into the 60s yeah
1: had the the white sort of vertical lines down the side yeah for all of, for all of you people with uh lots of uh, back back issues you'll know what we're talking about here but <laughs> yeah
0: so the key lines and we and we thought well actually they can serve a purpose these key lines we can actually use them to enhance this 3d effect so you'll see that they're um, kind of asymmetrical you know the ones on the right tucked below the the wing at the front one one on the left at the top you know is is much higher and hopefully that again there's a visual as a trick of the eye it pulls the car out a little bit more yeah. um, so we really yeah we, we we wanted to be faithful to um, motorsports design values because they've they're very high you know Damon and, and the yeah. team have done a great job over the last you know 15 years or so um, but we wanted to take things forward and hence that's why we've got the fluoro color on there this this slightly modernised, blockier fonts, um, there's a few things that, you know, there's some things that, w- I th- you know, we had a conversation this morning, didn't we, there's some things that we're not sure about. Yeah, you yeah. Know? there's. so there's
1: it'll, it'll evolve again, Yeah, <laughs> hopefully um, not too much, but it'll, it'll, ser- it'll certainly keep getting better and better, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think, have we hit the midway point in this podcast already? We're getting nodded, alright, right, okay. okay, we'll, we, um, we'll, we, we'll yeah. carry on, Lyndon didn't even get to talk about how how we did, yeah, well, the, well. How we did that <laughs> shot. Should we, we um, st- go on Lyndon have your moment go on tell us tell do us we give away that. our
4: secrets uh, uh, yeah sure. tell the <laughs> truth. tell them everything we did tell the truth uh, basically we were, well, we, were at, uh, we had a day at Donington where uh, obviously Dickie was able to drive the McLaren and um, he wasn't driving it <laughs> 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 at that point <laughs> who is the handsome fellow there, I, I do believe he's our editor Nick <laughs> yes um <laughs> The Stig, the Stig <laughs> Um Yeah, so no, I was stood up a ladder and, and four young gents were pushing the McLaren as fast as they could to make it look like it was yep. handling it at speed. So yeah, yeah. but we, we had many, we, well we had three or four different ideas on how to do the cover and sitting in our in our field in Cambridge and uh, <laughs> planning how it worked and, and it, we were going for rear shots, head-on shots and it, it just seemed to work. With the big side on, telling us that it's Bruce's car.
0: Yeah, I think that was important, wasn't it? Uh, 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 hopefully, Simon, you feel the same. That the seeing, you know, Bruce's signature and the the, the old McLaren cars logo—it's wonderfully evocative, isn't it? That, that uh,
2: absolutely. I mean, I, I don't really think you can go wrong uh, ever with an orange McLaren on the cover. But the, the fact that this particular M6A was the one that Bruce raced and slightly shorter than the others cuz it was bruce sized and that just adds a little it just personalizes it and i think it's uh, yeah a lovely lovely car and orange and green i think always are quite complimentary anyway on a on a on a magazine cover
0: yeah absolutely i i'll, I'll leave you i'll uh, leave the uh, li- <laughs> listeners to have a have a good look at uh, the story but the uh, uh, dickie's where, where he talks about why this is bruce's car and how the owner found out that it was Bruce's car. It's just that lovely stuff. that you, we, we didn't know this as we embarked on the story. We thought the car was significant enough before we found out some of these little tidbits of information. But I I, I think you'll love the piece. It's very weighty. And um, Doug and I have done, done a wonderful uh, recollection. Um, very personal, actually, because Doug knew Bruce. Um, and that, if that doesn't bring a lump to your throat reading that story, I'm, I'm not sure what will. So um, enjoy it. Um, Bruce would have been 80, I believe, this this month. Um, his 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 birthday, I think, was.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're,
0: we're we're looking at we're looking at Jack, who knows these things. He's connected to the internet right now. Um, but McLaren had a little celebration, didn't they themselves at Spa? Um, where and Fernando's overalls, I believe, were were the, were the true papaya orange yeah. <laughs> colour. So, yeah, not,
1: the, not the slightly <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'll be honest, we didn't tie this 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 issue with an anniversary. We the cover was a colour because it's a good story. So, um and it is an exclusive. No, no other journalist has driven this car. Um And oh, it, it frightens me to think how much it's it's worth. And but. The owner was happy for Motorsport to drive it and, and Dickie, you'll see a video soon um of, of dicky driving the car, and he really drove it. So um keep an eye out on our on our YouTube channel uh, and also on Motorsportmagazine.com and um in the next month or so um you'll be able to see a wonderful video of this car, absolutely flat chat, butterfly valves flapping around and everything. It's just just a glorious thing. So um, I also must plug um, Barnes & Noble as well so um, on Barnes & Noble's uh, Facebook page you'll be able to see a short video that we've cut together um, which shows you a little bit more about what we're doing with the refresh um, some of the content that we're doing a few hints on some of the content and subjects that um, that we've already shot that you'll be seeing in some some issues going forward so um to all of our american listeners and readers have a look at the barnes and noble facebook page and try and find uh search out our, our video on there so um right okay uh moving on guys uh, where, sh- where should we go to where should we go to next somebody give us a simon's mm-hmm. grab the mic
2: uh, well, I suggest we... St- you, you can keep hold of the mic as well, Trot. Um, I suggest we start at the back. Um, in the, uh, of, in, back the of, front. in the manner of Japanese magazines. Um, <laughs> the uh, Some of the news sections at the back were presented to the rest of us as a sort of a, a fait accompli, and I think it's really nice to break up the advertising that's traditionally been a solid block with some sol- s- very strong editorial content. And I just, I'd just like to ask you, what, what was the kind of... The genesis of that idea. What? Um, yeah. Where, 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 did, where did that where did that spring from? I think
0: it, it was kind of twofold. Really, I, I'd had um, I'd spent a long time looking at, at the, the this universe, the universe of, of motor racing, and a long time looking at what transactions are tethered to um, the industry. What people you know people are, what do they do? What do they buy and sell? What are they interested in? Um, and the advertising in the back of the magazine reflected this kind of uh, energy um, in dealing and trading and buying and driving and selling and everything else um, more than the editorial did. You know, we we just didn't have the editorial there, and I thought, well, actually, there's clearly an interest from the commercial audience there for um, for this. So let's let's see what we can do on the editorial side. Um, when I started to look into it. Um, and Damon and I looked at it quite closely as well and we We started to poke through the the adverts and we started to see some really interesting cars for sale. We started to see some really interesting characters emerge um, we thought well there's there 's probably a section here that will help us break up the back of the magazine and also just reflect the activity that 's happening anyway um that 's Kind of where Speed Shop came from, um, and we thought that it would be a good opportunity to absorb the auction content that o- was already a spread in the magazine into Speed Shop. Um, um, yeah, to, to, to give our readers an idea of, of what's what's out there really, um, and to become a bit more of an authority on on anything that's transactional, anything that's related to the buying and selling of um, of racing and performance cars, um, and do it in a way that it was easy, you know. It was nice, nice to look at. It, it, it had an expert tone of voice. Um, good images. Um, I think Damon's done a done a really good job with the layout. Um, the, the initial suggestion of pink on a on a green was <laughs> yeah.
1: what? What's wrong with that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of where it came about. Really, it was just to, to better reflect the advertising that was already there, and actually to say to our readers, well, um, there's a lo- there's a ton of things happening. In the back of this magazine that should be editorialized you know so we um so we so we kind of extracted some of
1: it well the great the great thing about this is that you can you kind of get to the end of the features and you get to the what is traditionally the end of the magazine you get to the classified section and you cannot choose to either go down that path or not. Um, but with this now, you you get the best of both worlds. So you have editorial going all the way to the back of the magazine. You've got Speed Shop, you've got the Garagista, and you've got, what, well, Garagista? Garagista. Yeah. garagista. e Yeah. Which one? Which it
0: was, one? Uh, I yeah. is plural, but R uh, is what everyone knows. When you say Garagista, people know that you say
1: Garagista. <laughs> People aren't quite sure. Do you have to say it with an Italian accent? I'm going to blame Simon. Look, Simon's going,
0: <laughs> he's got the look of innocence on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really I thought it's the perfect name for So i'm sorry I it's I love the idea that we've reclaimed an insult this was yeah. Enzo's insult, and we've kind of reclaimed it and said, you know what that's actually a good thing if you're you know if you're building cars yourselves if you're or if you're spending a ridiculous amount of money you know trying to bring cars to life and be competitive, then that's 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 reclaim that word. He's <coughs> got the mic again, I'm in trouble
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all i, I also uh, just from a purely personal point of view. It's a chance to get for us to get our teeth into something a little bit different, editorially. Just We chat to these guys uh, a lot, and it's usually about, was the car understeering through Redgate on lap three or something? But to actually sort of find out a little bit about the process of them getting the cars ready for competition, where they found it, why they wanted it, it just adds a slightly different dimension. And it's actually, I mean, I, I covered the story on uh, Jeff Gordon's Alpha Sud Sprint Coupe, which is being prepared, which would be... Which Dickie Meaden will be racing hopefully later this year, and um, yeah, just it was a slightly different element to the usual the usual thing we do with with drivers and racing cars, and I enjoyed doing it.
0: Good to hear. I mean, it will grow. I mean, this section, uh, w- we've launched with three cars. We have the Jordan 195, which will be, and we'll follow the restoration of this car over six months, hopefully leading up to the point where um, we'll drive it. Um, and the second one is, rather selfishly, but um, it's a story of the MGB that Belongs to Ed, Tro- uh, Ed, Tro- Ed Foster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got married last week. <laughs> I want to announce it now. Uh, you cut that out right, haven't you? <laughs> uh, so, this is Ed Foster's, uh, who, who's our uh, online editor until, until recently, digital editor until recently. He's moved on to Goodwood. Uh, he, he and I are racing this car this year, and we've had. Um, some very entertaining uh, adventures with it. So we thought, well, that's a good one to share. Um, and then there's the Alpha, as, as Simon mentioned, the Alpha Sprint uh, Veloce. Um, and again, we're following the story of these cars, it's a diary. So come back, you know, next month to see the next instalment, find out, you know, how, how badly we damaged the MG or how much a V10 Peugeot engine costs. Or, <laughs>
2: or, or indeed how Nick overtook uh, under the safety car at Alton Park oh, last weekend. Simon...
4: You. See, I, I wasn't going to berate. I was just <sighs> going to say it's great that we can actually follow a car from from rebuild <laughs> through to, 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 to track test rather than just turning up and seeing a car at a track and, and shooting it as it is. We're getting behind the nitty-gritty. So so sa- I've saved you there, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Linda. God, that did save me.
0: It did happen. I think I'm going to have to save that one for... In yeah, tune in, I think, <laughs> in, in probably in a couple of months. I will tell the story of how I inadvertently, Simon um overtook someone on the safety car at Porton last weekend. Um, yes, so that's definitely yeah, taken my train of thought way off. Uh, so the point of this is definitely living with competition cars is the, is, is the flag and, and this is diary. Uh, I'd love to add to it. If you've got a really interesting car that you think we should we should follow then please get in definitely. touch. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you'll enjoy um, you know Linda 's done a, done a love some <laughs> lovely shots here of the Jordan and um, uh, you just don't see this stuff in bits, do you? So, and, no, and you no. were there so what's to, to
4: turn up. I mean, well, I phoned the Tour de Force where it's being returned from a show car back into a race car, Um and just seeing it there in, in pieces in front of you, like a big jigsaw, while it's all being tested and, and verified as to what parts were bits of cardboard for the show car and what were actually genuine. But yeah, seeing it from from that stage and and going back every month to to watch it built it'd be amazing to do like a little time-lapse over you know a camera up in the corner yeah, of, the, of the workshop and see what the idea. boys get up to over the next few months but yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting story to follow from start to finish anyway fabulous
0: well I, as i say it's a, it's a diary element so um yeah uh, come back next month because it will be very interesting to, to to find out certainly the next step of the jordan i know the owner of the, the jordan 195 has found a way of um Getting some more reliability out of the Peugeot engine. Um, it's without called Cosworth, isn't it?
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> very good, kind of very sharp, um, uh, without actually compromising on too much horsepower either. So that's 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 all fascinating stuff. So are we going to continue to work our way backwards now, Simon? Should we? Should we? Yeah. Should we <laughs> it looks like Joe's hovering over a spread. He's 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 identified something here. So. Uh, what are we looking at, Joe? Go for it.
3: Well, just talking about, about the Garage Easter thing, I was going to say that it actually is indicative of a, of a, of a slightly... Well, I'm mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that the magazine has a slightly more technical and engineering bent to it. Um, uh, and I'm not sure whether that's deliberate or whether that's just a, a, a fact of the, the features that we've got this month. But as well as the Garage Easter, uh, we've also got um, a wonderful piece looking uh, behind the scenes at JD Classic. Uh, and their preparation of the lightweight E-type um, before uh, Goodwood, which goes into some detail about how that's all done. And we've also got a, a great piece by Nigel Rees, which goes which essentially he looks at why a car was unsuccessful in period, but is now successful on the historic racing scene. And Nigel Rees, for those who don't know, is, uh, uh, is, is a genius engineer who um, uh, analyzes a uh, car's performance and, uh, and actually improves it, and, and works with some of the some of the great sort of cars that are on the historic scene at the moment. The one you're looking at at the moment is the Arrows A4 in this, in this particular feature, uh, and it goes into into quite a lot of engineering and technical depth, and I think it's a a, a really rewarding read um, uh, once you sort of, but you have to have your thinking cap on.
0: Yeah, I, you're, you're absolutely right. We um, <laughs> as you do. I, swear, I met Nigel um, at Donington. I think it was the day, yeah, it was the day we tested the McLaren actually. Um, And Dickie introduced me to him and within about 30 seconds my brain was aching from him describing how he uses um, a piece of software that he designed to analyse the performance of historic racing cars um, with the aim is to get more performance out of them than they've they've, they've ever had. Um, Took a bit of a flyer on it and and commissioned him to write write a story. Um, He's not an author a writer a journalist um you know by trade but he had a good story to tell and uh, he's he'd been there you know he's, he's he's actually generated performance out of this arrows a4 that was never there in the time and it did hurt didn't it guys when the copy came in we we really had there was a lot of elements that we had to go through and and and, and actually think well will our readers Know what that does? Do they <laughs> are they aware of that point? But we we've kind of granted the readership with um, a high level of assumed knowledge, which I, we we should shouldn't we? You know, we we should expect our readership to you know um, to understand a number of the elements in this. And um, but I think Joe's right. You do need your thinking cap on, and you probably need to read it twice. Um, if you do, it will be tremendously satisfying um, because I don't think there's there's a more in-depth story um, about this sort of transformation um or how to transform the performance of a of what was a an average car in in period um so and y- y- the pro the, the the team here might not be pleased to hear because they're they're the ones that have to uh <laughs> tidy up everything while it goes onto page but there, there are two to follow um so we've uh we've com- commissioned nigel to write two more stories on two cars that again didn't work in period but have, have um, found performance in in modern times so so there's another series here and that's one of the themes that you'll you'll see emerging over the the, the coming months or so is that there'll be there'll be content that y- hopefully you'd like to come back to you know and 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 follow so um yeah i'm uh, and joe you're right i am personally i'm fascinated by the technical side i know that uh, that that our, that our readers you know that they're, they're happy to in- invest that time in a, in a story to f- to find out more um i suppose most is just not not to sacrifice anything else so i hope that with the bruce mclaren story and maybe with the bertolini story we've been able to explore the personalities as well in the sport you know i don't i don't want to sacrifice anything to, to to have more technology or to have more people so but i think actually you you and simon guide me better on that um you know it's trying to get kind of get a balance in the issue and um and actually that probably lead, that could lead us on to, to pyromaniacs. That's <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about balance over to over to
4: Linden. Pyromaniacs. A very wet Saturday. Was it Saturday, Simon? It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday, it yeah. Very a very wet Saturday at Santa Pod. In July, yeah. Eventually the rain stopped and I think about lunchtime, mid afternoon, they elect they let cars go back out on track or on the strip. And we just kind of wanted to document an event that I've been fascinated for a few years with, which was Dragstalgia, um and the characters behind it and and the cars behind it. I mean, everything's modern. Oh, that weekend was very modern, not at Santapod, but but the rest of the UK. And I just I just wanted to get behind and see the faces and and see what was going on. And it yeah. was British Grand Prix week. It was British Grand Prix, yeah. So it was the alternative events.
2: Yeah, it um, formed part of uh, my alternative British Grand Prix. Been to a zillion British Grand Prix over the years. Um, I've missed the last couple, and this year I just sort of, in the way the British Grand Prix always used to hog everything that weekend in the UK, there'd be nothing else on. So this year I decided to find a couple of things that were on that uh, made for alternative viewing. Dragstalgia was one, and the other was a motorcycle clubby on what I still consider to be the finest Grand Prix circuit in Britain, but it's it's in Kent. And yeah, and that, was that was it. And the, uh, the Dragstalgia thing is just... I mean I think Lyndon's done a cracking job with the photos and it's just a wonderful thing to behold because as Lyndon said the people in it are they are characters and they're not like your uh modern day circuit young circuit driver who turns up with a a physio and a manager and a box of vitamin pills and you know, these are these are people who are steeped in the real world. That doesn't mean that this isn't done seriously, it is and the level of preparation that goes into this is extremely high and it's in some ways i think we had a discussion in the office it's it's a little bit like the good of revival in a straight line yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms you know the, the prep that goes into the cars is rigorous and i mean rigorous you know they are very very different from many of the things we see in conventional uk motorsport and um, it's all the better for it
0: yep and that, and that's 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 why it's there i think you know to to give some again to try and show the sort of breadth of motorsport that we we have in the uk um to give linden these these shots the, the the room to breathe and they are magnificent pictures uh page 98 99 um and i think this uh, tell us linden tell us tell us the story of this shot this sh- the opening shot there's a guy if you haven't got the issue in front of you, I'll describe it briefly. There's there's a guy um, sat in the the roll cage, surrounded by a fireball. Um, there's an enormous engine, and the guy is giving the V for victory sign. So what? In what's flames.
4: happening? He's <laughs> he's on fire. Yeah. It's uh, they were talking about it all day, and they were building this hype of of the flaming burnout. And I'd never seen this is the first time I'd ever seen one. So it, it took me by a little bit of surprise to start with. And um, they said, yeah, yeah, basically they do the burnout, but with flames. And I, every time I've seen a shot like this, I thought it was engines exploding and it's all gone very wrong. And you were right. Um, no, thankfully, no engines no, exploded no, in, in this. Uh, basically, some bloke turns up, douses your tyres in fuel and then just sets them on fire and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> As you're on flames, you do the burnout. And in theory, the flames go out. By the time you've left the start line. But it's it's the most impressive and warming start start shot I've ever done.
0: So t- so, t- so it, it does the fireball kind of remain and the, the, the car drives away. The, from fireball, the fireball goes ball. up.
4: So as the tyres expand with the burnout, they shoot ten feet in the air kind of thing. Yeah. And then the car just disappears off as if it was gonna do a normal burnout. And then the flames just Slowly die out. The car, not damaged at all.
0: I think now we've got a, um, a videographer on board. Uh, I think next year, Dragstalgia. Should we do a 2018? We're there. We all go to it's 2018 It's an amazing
4: event. It's it it's fantastic. The people there. It like Simon says. It's Goodwood without the fancy dress because everybody's in period as it is. It's just it's an amazing couple of days. It's it's yeah.
0: Well, you can't uh, you can't have m- a greater contrast, I guess, than the the, the flaming. Burnout to um, the picture on. Oh look, Damon, you've dropped the dropped the numbers off the page again. <laughs> we did we talk about this last
1: month? <laughs> no, we didn't.
0: Page. What page is it Eighty to eighty-one. Okay, so on page eighty-one, there's there's a picture of a wonderfully um, contented Nico Rosberg, his wife, and uh, and young daughter. The War and Peace headline, and um, this is a Mark Hughes interview, isn't it? Isn't it, Joe? This is a this is a lovely story, as ever from Mark. Um, try uh, trying to get to 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 the kind of the root of how somebody who has effectively been in battle <laughs> for for so many years has managed to switch into the a uh, contented life. Um, I thought it was a cracking story.
3: Absolutely, uh, and Mark, as ever, has done a, has done a great job. And uh, I mean, th- I think the great thing about Mark is that he's obviously trusted in the paddock, and um, uh, he managed to get this interview with uh, with Nico. Uh, and he, uh, Mark, is very clear that you know Nico is extremely, he's, re- he's relaxed. He says that he's never seen him quite so relaxed, um, uh, and and very very happy not to be um, uh, not to be in the fight. But he gives some great sort of um, uh, insight into what it was like uh, as a frontline Formula One driver. Um, and he comes away as well with a with a great scoop, I think, where um, where he obviously talks about his retirement and. Um uh, uh, he says, <laughs> <laughs> and so Nico Roswell then reveals. Um, uh, well, all, I, all I'll say is something about about how he came to make that decision. Um, so buy the magazine and, and, and find out about it. But it's it's a lovely interview, and um, it's uh, it's actually followed as well. But you can get two more different characters. A, a, a lovely interview by Gordon Spice, uh, sorry, of Gordon Spice, and by by Simon Aaron, um, uh, which is our lunch with. Uh, and as I say, you couldn't get two more uh, two different characters. I don't think.
0: Damon, you're, you're making your, what are you, do? oh, it's the wind-up, isn't it? Oh, it's the, do we have, we can't, we can't end it now, can we? I'm looking over at Jack, who's our, our online editor now, and he's, he's giving me the guillotine sign, really? It says it's my call, should we carry on? Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're carrying on, there we go.
4: Well, no one ever well, listens to Jack anyway.
0: <laughs> we, we, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did ask him to tell me when we got to. What did I say? 40 minutes? Yeah, Where are we at? 42, right, okay. Another 10 minutes, chaps, I reckon? Okay. We have to, really, because um, Simon has done a, a beautifully deft story on Jerry Birrell. Um, now, this is page 112, so you can do the page numbers, Damon. <laughs> 112. Um, it, I, this, to me, is one of my favourite stories in the issue. Um, it's tinged with the well, it's not tinged with sadness. There's, there's 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 considerable sadness in in this story, um, but it's it's beautifully written, beautifully shot, and um, and it's a story that, to me, kind of epitomises or um, characterises the the love of of racing, really, e- from from the author Simon, and also I think um, Jerry himself. So so tell me how how this this came <coughs> about.
2: It was a, a stroke of luck, uh, really. The Motor racing documentaries seem to be quite fashionable at the moment, and I uh, received an approach from a chap called Alex Shaw, who is busy making, or in the process of trying to produce a documentary, about Jerry Burrell. Jerry was a successful Scottish racing driver in the 60s and 70s. I saw him compete in Formula 2 in the early 70s, finishing second to Nicky Lauder at, you'll be surprised to hear, Alton Park. I, I was, you know, because I'd seen him race, I was in, and, I mean, he died in 1973 in a Formula 2 accident. But anyway, Alex approached me, said he was doing this documentary thing, and um, as part of that, his stepsister, Cara, who is Jerry's daughter, um, was driving her dad's old Ford Capri at Donington Park, and didn't want to go along and have a look. I went there, along with Lyndon, not really knowing what to expect, because I knew that Cara would be driving the car, I knew that Jochen Mass, who was Jerry's Ford teammate, and they also uh, shared sports cars together, would be there... But I didn't really know what we were going to get from the day. And it was a delightful surprise to find that Alex's mum, Margaret, Jerry's widow, and Jerry's brother, Graham, and various other people who'd worked with him in period were, were around and about. And it was a chance to, over a series of casual conversations in the paddock and over lunch, to build up a little bit of a picture about what Jerry was like, um, which I found very rewarding from a personal perspective because it was stuff I didn't know before. And as I say, because I'd seen him race. And he lost his life about a year after I saw him race, I guess. you it was a from a, it was interesting from a personal perspective and I just yeah, it was a it was a great range of people to meet. Um, and Jochen mass too. And yeah, and Jochen was Jochen was uh Joachim was brilliant. Um as I mean he's a very he's a very articulate individual as Joachim and uh, his insight into what it was like racing against Jerry, racing with Jerry and what Jerry was like as a bloke was was lovely.
0: Yeah, great, great story and great shots as well, Linden. I think I think Thank did a you. fabulous job. Um, okay, so let's jump into. I think we mentioned my the Bertolini story. Um, this is this is Andrea Bertolini, Ferrari test driver. Um, I spent a day at Fiorano. Great, great fun. Lovely character and played a, probably a bigger role in um, Schumacher's uh, five world championships for Ferrari than than maybe. Well, certainly a bigger part than than I expected. Um, and to spend a day at Fiorano was a spine—it yeah, was a spine tingling kind of moment, really, especially when they fired up the four twelve T two, the last V twelve um, Formula One car. Wow, what a, what a thing! Um, so, I, Simon, I don't know whether to go backwards or forwards now. Having we started on the cover, went <laughs> to the back. Um, I think, to be honest, we've. What do you think, Joe? Do you think we've covered most things?
3: Yeah, I think so. I th- I'd be interested to know. I mean, I having worked on this now for for months with with all of you, I, I'd actually find it interesting to know what everyone's favourite bit of the redesign actually is. If you can pinpoint just one thing, so maybe put put the editor on the spot first. Ooh. Um, so my favourite bit
0: of the October twenty seventeen issue. Oh, it's so close to it for so long. Um, the 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 bit I guess that will stay with me forever was um, driving the the m six a around the paddock at tonington <laughs> <laughs> um which you know I didn't wring its neck in the same way that Dickie did, but literally sitting there sitting where Bruce sat, and i've oh, just just i don't know I just managed to go into a different world really, and um it i guess it enabled me to have a good look at Dickie's copy when it came in and make make sure that that kind of feeling of of Oh, I just wonder I suppose of being near that car came across and it did beautifully um, so yeah I'm sorry Joe but a really predictable one for me it's th- the cover story uh, you know it took a long time to, to pull that together but um, and I was there on the day of the shoot and uh, yeah that's, that's it that car to me has a, an aura of something I can't explain it's a wonderful thing. Damon, go on, save me F- here. Go fa- on.
1: Um, favourite bit of the magazine. Um, as the designer, I love the new font. I love my <laughs> I love my new font. So Lyndon <laughs> It's called Sanomat. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, which one is this? Tell, tell it. Which page is it on? And which? Um, the, the, <laughs> it's on quite a lot of them. Well, I know what it is. <laughs> it's, behind um, the scenes. it's the. uh oh, right. Okay. It's the. It's the main headline font. So sometimes it's used in italicized form. Sometimes not. But it's the main. The main. Uh, Main feature headline font. So on so. being Bruce McLaren, it's it's that font. So you're seeing the, the lighter version, the heavier version, and the medium version in the, in that heading there. And then yeah, so the many variations. I love that font. Sanomat, buy it. <laughs> Sponsored by Sanomat. <laughs>
4: so for me, um, I love the font. I think it's oh my. boy, <laughs> no, no, no. six months into think, this, and the only no, thing you like is the font. I, I'm not. I'm normally the most critical person of my work. Um, I love the cover. I think it is fantastic. I think it's a real retro feel, but also very modern. And there's a simplicity about the magazine as well now, with the way that Damon's designed it. And I just think it's it's just a, such a nice read. It's visually good to look at. And yeah, my my favorite thing is the whole thing. Sorry. Works for me.
2: Some would say there's a simplicity about Damon as well. Yeah. I, b- I believe I b- there has been some. I, mean, I hate to say this, but the the body copy font is oh all. My <laughs> goodness me, Joe! What have you done? <laughs> it's. Um, uh, I would just say that uh, I wear a pair of eight quid off-the-shelf boots plus one specs, and um, which aren't always the most efficient. But um, I do find that the body copy is easy to read, and I think it's a great thing. Um, in terms of magazine content, um, I think the as with Linda, I'm. I'm very pleased with the way a lot of it's come out. And I love the new features in the back. Uh, I think they're a great addition. But the one spread that sticks out for me uh, with your headline, Nick, War and Peace, is the opener for the Rosberg feature. I just think the intensity of the portrait on the left is such a contrast with the relaxed, happy family guy on the right. I just think it's a stunning spread. Uh, It's really, you know, I quite happily have that on a frame somewhere just it's just a really striking pair of images and I think it works really well excellent stuff. and uh, Joe so you 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 asked this question but Ray you haven't joke, you, have, you haven't answered yeah you? you
3: haven't touched the bullet well um I mean I've never been a, an enormous fan of crossheads but the font that the crossheads are <laughs> in <laughs> in this oh. particular <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, I think, I think you guys have covered all, I and mean, then content-wise, what I would say, what I, what I, actually, the small thing I really, really like, and it, sometimes it's small things that that make all the difference, <laughs> especially on to redesign issues, is the, um, the track side view, which is always one of a, uh, one of my favourite um, uh, elements of, of of the older magazine, which we've now expanded. This is Mark Hughes talking about a particular corner uh, at one of the Grand Prixs that he's writing about this month, and we've expanded it into slightly, uh, uh, so it's got more, more words, and it's actually got pictures showing how the various drivers tackle a particular corner and how their cars, uh, the different teams have set up, um, uh, affects how they take that corner. And Mark writes about it. And then our pictures sort of ex- show it, and they show the car uh, as, as it as it takes on to corner. And it, it sounds like you won't be able to make the see the difference, but it actually works really well. And uh, I think it's just a really lovely uh, uh, small little kind of treat for for, for Formula One fans. Thanks, Joe.
0: Um, true, and there's a number of ways you can contact us. Of course, you know the, the, there's the Twitter uh, channel, there's Facebook, um, very active on on Facebook. There's the website itself, editorial at motorsportmagazine.com um, is the email um take a look at our instagram as well because um linden spends um a, a good amount of time kind of curating it i have to say um there's some great content on there um the opener for the um pyromaniacs feature the, the flaming burnout um is on the instagram um uh, page, so so take a look at that. Um, but if there's nothing more from, from the chaps here um, who are looking a little bit tired because it was a long process, and I buggered off on holiday, didn't I, at the end? Um, <laughs> <Space> <laughs> <splitter>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: there'll be continued evolution, but n- uh, nothing, nothing dramatic. I really hope you enjoyed it. We tried very hard, as I say, to to put more into the title um, without sacrificing anything. Um, Joe's absolutely right. There's a technical. Uh, there's kind of greater emphasis now on the technical elements. Um, we've 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 really tried hard to kind of listen to what you want to expand certain areas, not to sacrifice anything. And um, you know, I think I think it's a good stab. The team have done a, a, a great job, and we will continue to evolve, um, but we won't lose the green. Is that right?
1: Yep. No. No. No, no green. <laughs> sorry.
0: What? No. Sorry. Hang on. No. More green. So even, there you go. Even more green. Yeah. <laughs> a, a little snapshot of the life in that in that room in Cambridge with Damon for the last. <laughs> last. More green. Less green. What do you want? <laughs> Uh, it's been a very enjoyable process, I have to say, if, if, if not um, quite, quite drawn out. But um, more to come. We've got a fantastic issue coming up next month that involves um, a, an interview, a, v- a very in-depth interview with one of the sport's greatest names. And it's, it's going to be a cracking piece. So um, please tune in next month. This is the issue commentary for the October 2017 issue of Motorsport Magazine. Thanks for listening.